welcome to our podcast, Hoteliers Hot Topics with the IHG Owners Association. I'm Carly, I work for the association and myself and my colleague John are bringing you this series of podcasts aimed at all IHG hoteliers discussing hot topics in the market. We'll be bringing you key insights from our incredible guests who are all specialists across various markets and roles in the hospitality industry. These podcasts are not staged interviews by any stretch. We will be having genuine, honest, roundtable discussions together, sharing to you golden nuggets of information that you can hopefully take back to your hotels and businesses to assist your future success. We will be sharing visions, best practice and market insights on a variety of topics because as an association, we know that we're better together. So let's get started on today's podcast. This is the second part to our environment and sustainability discussion. In our first session, we covered background, education and jargon busting relating to this topic. Today, we're going to continue the discussion building on how this affects hotels. I'd like to welcome back Susan Bland from RBH Management, Mariana Sesbrat and Louise Holder from IHG. And of course, your host, John Stewart from the Owners Association. We've done a lot of great work around the background, you know, how do we get here, some of the, the phrases and the terminology. The Owners Association, obviously, and our, our listeners will be very interested to hear what that really means for hospitality when we break it down. You know, so, Mariana, would you like to give an overview about what you feel that it means for the hospitality industry about as we move towards some of IHG's targets? So IHG right now are, are focusing on on emissions from energy use because that accounts for the majority of a hotel's carbon emissions. And it's also something that we can easily measure and track, unlike the emissions from the supply chain. And we, we've looked at kind of what we can do to reduce the emissions that, from energy and are focusing on three key areas. So we're focusing on driving any, the energy efficiency of our existing hotels driving the energy efficiency of our new builds. And ideally, we're looking to move to, to making sure that all new builds are zero carbon by 2030. Um, and then finally, we are driving the adoption of renewable energy contracts across the estate. And we've set targets across each of these areas for both the current year and then also for 2025 so that we can see how we're tracking as an organization towards our science-based targets. Thanks, Mariana. If we can move on to Louise, you know, ISG, you know, being good at seeing where the hospitality industry is going, seeing up to those targets, but how can they help the owners or how are they proposing to help the owners through this, that, you know, to meet their the carbon reduction targets? Yeah, sure. I'll give an intro to this and I'll hand over to Mariana because this is really her sort of baby and her her project. Um, but essentially, we have sort of mapped out different initiatives and different programmes that will support our owners in decarbonising and these are really sort of based around energy efficiency and how our hotels can reduce absolute energy consumption in their um, hotels um, and also renewable energy so we know that renewable energy is one of the sort of key mechanisms that um, really drives carbon reduction globally um, so Mariana do you want to talk um, more in more detail about some of the tools and projects um, that we're launching? Thanks Louise yeah so on the energy efficiency side, we've we've partnered with a consultancy called Arup Engineering. That's a global engineering consultancy. 
And we've been working with them to develop uh, a hotel energy reduction opportunities tool, which we're calling the Hero Tool. And what this tool does is, is it provides a list of recommended energy conservation measures for a specific hotel. So it looks at their brand, their climate, what facilities they have, and then provides a list of recommended measures that, that would work well. In addition to that, it also provides indicative costs for implementing those measures, energy savings uh, and financial savings and, and a payback as well, so that the hotel can see which ones are, they, would, they would value uh, investigating further, further first. Along with, with this tool, we're also providing training that will be available to all general managers and owners, explaining the context, the business case for change, and how to go about meeting the energy reduction targets that we've set for all hotels, both for next year and longer term for, for 2025. And then finally, we're looking at whether we can partner with some third-party energy as a service companies that could help provide the upfront capital cost and help with the implementation of some of these energy conservation measures. And the way their model works is, you know, they, they pay for these things upfront, they maintain them over the life of a contract, and then they share the savings with, with the hotel. Thanks, Mariana, for, you know, covering off, you know, what IHG are help doing to help the owners. Maybe if I kind of put the, the same piece to you, Susan, about, you know, where do you think the owners can make significant reductions without heavily investing from their capital? I think... The quickest and biggest win for an owner is to move to a renewable energy contract. That's the, as Mariana and Louise have said, that's the easiest thing to measure at the minute. And it's the biggest carbon producer for, for a hotel. So that that's the quickest win. The challenge is sometimes that that is more expensive. And that is something that certainly in the UK, but as I understand more globally as well, that is, is being looked at on, on the, by the providers um, because they're all being targeted across the different countries, etc. So that, that's the easiest thing to do. And certainly across our estate, we have a number of hotels and offices that are already on 100% renewable tariffs, and at renewal time, uh, that will be a big factor in our recontracting. So, yeah, that's that's definitely the the biggest win, the quickest win, and and hopefully the the global pressure will make it a cost effective change. There are other things that that can be done to reduce the energy used or the water used, etc. And and those are the things that, that we're focusing on and IHG are focusing on and that are have a, a smaller a smaller outlay and a shorter return on investment, things like a rated shower heads and a rated tap and things um, that that actually just as I say make be, have very little outlay and, and make a big difference. IHG have in the EMEAA region already worked out reduction targets for each hotel and they have benchmarked each hotel by brand and looked at similar hotels to to make sure that they are comparable and then set reduction targets in the energy consumption and I believe the plan is that the other areas will have those targets set very soon as well so that certainly has been something that we've looked at as a an owner and kind of looked at how we can then change our practices within 
our branded hotels to to make that reduction. But as I say, energy is definitely the biggest thing to focus on. Thank you. I suppose that on that point, it kind of then moves on to, you know, one of the, the tasks I know that the Owners Association have spoken to the Sustainability Committee is, you know, what, you know, investigating what financial assistance is available. You know, for owners, if they're looking to invest in their hotel to reduce their, their, their carbon footprint, I think that's something I know, Mariana, we've spoken about in the past. Yeah, and there is financial assistance out there in certain countries and locations. Uh, unfortunately, each country, state and even city differs in the financial assistance that they provide, which is what makes aggregating this information so tricky. The, the other issue is that the incentives change very quickly. So we've previously had an attempt at aggregating all of this information, but it went out of date within months. So we are now trying to, to find a good, good aggregators within each region that we can tap into rather than trying to coordinate this effort ourselves. Yeah, and I think that was it's one of the, the tasks that we've, we've challenged the Sustainability Committee kind of globally and in regions to to look at how we can communicate that information to the owners, because you know, I presume it's a finite resource, you know, first come, first served. I think one important point that that kind of takes us on to is, you know, if owners choose not to to invest at the moment, you know, what do you think that will be for the, the consequences for those owners as we move forward, Susan? I think longer term, they'll become obsolete, I'm afraid. I think the, this is becoming uh, such a driver for hotel guests, for the consumer. It's also becoming a driver for, for staff and they want to be working for responsible, socially responsible companies and I think it also for from an investment point of view it's, it's also becoming a, a big trigger uh, for where people are going to invest so I do think from a corporate traveler from a leisure traveler from a staffing perspective and from an investment perspective moving forwards if an owner or a hotel is not visibly doing a lot in this area and can demonstrate their approach to carbon reduction i do think that as that that triggers more and more decision making then yeah business will suffer staff will choose to go elsewhere customers will choose to go elsewhere people will invest their money elsewhere and and eventually the those that choose to not will will become obsolete and is that when you say in the long term, do you see, have you seen a potential acceleration of that process, maybe even over the last year? Absolutely, yes. I think uh, Booking.com and the, the other OTAs are now measuring this, um, or reporting on hotels' sustainability and, and, and focus on the approach to carbon and their approach to environmental and, and wider ESG approach. So, I do think it's becoming more and more an area of focus. I think at the minute, it's one of the metrics that people will use to choose. Price is also obviously going to be a big factor in people's in driving people's decision making, as is brand and location, access, 
accessibility and you know there's there's a whole combination of factors that will drive a decision today and it's the waiting on which of those is the more important that I think is changing and as society changes its approach and it certainly has been changing its approach and and the focus on COP26 was huge having that in the UK and I think that has certainly driven a lot of that change as well plus the younger generation um, this is they are renowned for being very interested in all of these kind of socially responsible areas and making sure that we uh, as a generation and, and the generations that go before them protect the planet for them moving forward. So I do think that uh, it, it's becoming a, a heavier weighted part of the decision-making process. And that certainly has progressed quite a lot over the past couple of years and will continue to do so over the years to come. Just on that point, Mariana, Louise, do you have anything to add on to what Susan just mentioned there? I kind of saw you nodding intently during it. Yeah, so I think what was quite interesting during the pandemic is while business travel almost ground to a halt, we were getting more and more requests from corporate clients around data. So over 90% of our top global accounts have made external net zero or carbon neutral commitments. And what that means is that their business travel emissions are directly related to the performance um, of our hotels. So they wanted to know the the total emissions associated with their business travel stays. Um, And they're also now starting to ask upfront before making booking decisions about the carbon footprint of certain hotels in certain regions. So there's been a huge shift, you know, even when business travel hasn't been as frequent as it as it previously was into these corporates asking us for this information and, and really starting to make decisions on that. And I think it's going to be a huge, huge impact and something which, um, you know, we can really leverage when we're talking to owners is that, you know, there's a potential that you you could lose corporate bookings in the future um, if you if you don't decarbonize. That's um, that's one of the the real risks. So yeah, I think that's just something that I don't think anyone sort of expected to come out of the pandemic, but um, it definitely accelerated what those sort of corporate clients were doing. I mean, I, th- I think um, you both be very valid points. I think when I've spoken to owners in the past, owners in the past, they've talked about the cost that the sustainability was going to bring and maybe not so much about the revenues they might start to lose and I think that is where I'm seeing a big change in the mindset on on this topic. Susan you mentioned something earlier that was was really interesting and I'm going to be a bit naughty at the end of the, the podcast so you know you mentioned about people changing the way they go about their life. Can I maybe ask each one of you, what's the one thing that you've changed that has reduced your carbon footprint? So maybe we just start with you, Susan. <laughs> yes, you, you should have warned us that you were going to ask that question. I, I, there's lots of bits that I have done. Uh, I'm hoping that the listeners can hear that I'm quite passionate about this uh, topic. And so at home, I have uh, I have solar panels on my house. I have an electric vehicle. I have, uh, a, 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 for want of a better word, an, an allotment that we, we produce quite a lot, or we certainly will produce quite a lot of our own uh, veg and, and fruit, et cetera. 
planning on feeding the whole village soon, but my husband might not agree with that. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of things around, uh, we are on 100% uh, renewable tariff for the electricity that we do have to purchase to top up from our what we generate ourselves. So yeah, lots, lots of bits and bobs, just trying to do our part. I hope you haven't embarrassed Mariana and Louise. <laughs> Mariana, have you what have you changed in you know to reduce your carbon footprint? So I have to admit that until I had my daughter three years ago, I just I, I didn't take account of this at all. I, I didn't think about it. And ever since having her, I've I basically spent the last two years just studying everything I can on on this topic and trying to understand what her future will be like. So since then I've gone vegetarian. And uh, even my husband, <laughs> at least on the weeks I cook, has to be vegetarian. Uh, on the other weeks, he he can he can he can be free to cook what he likes. I've sold my car, and now my my daughter rides on the back of my bike. <laughs> so, uh, but she enjoys that. So that yeah, I mean for me those the, and then try to make my home as energy efficient as possible. The roof's a bit too small for solar, but uh, yeah, other things around the home. And just good to wind up with you, Louise. It's. Yeah, so I guess the, the main things, main changes that I've made, getting a milkman, which has come back into fashion. It used to be something that we had when I was a child. But um, yeah, so getting milk delivered in glass bottles, obviously taken back and reused. And they also handily do things like cheese, which is quite nice. Like Susan said, uh, 100% renewable electricity in the home. Um, we've just moved, which is like the worst time to be looking at energy contracts at the moment. But as soon as prices sort of stabilise, that's something that I really, really want to get sorted. Walking as much as possible. And as I said, we've just moved into a 1930s semi that needs completely gutting. So I really would like to make that as low to zero carbon as possible. So that's one of my sort of main big projects, which will sort of future-proof me and make sure that um, I'm living as sustainably as I can. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. I think it's important that, you know, listen to to you all, that there's there's big and small changes we can make that will, you know, will all roll up into a, a carbon reduction. On that note, I would just like to thank you all for joining us. I know this is something we've been trying to get in place since December, but because of pesky covid uh, we couldn't get face to face, and we are ultimately uh, have done this virtually. So I hope it wasn't too troublesome for you all. And thank you very much for your help, your support. I look forward to probably hearing again because this is a subject that's just going to to go on and on over the the, the, the next uh, six months to year to three years. So thank you very much. Thanks, John. Thank you. So that wraps up today's session. Firstly, we want to thank you for listening. We really hope that you found today thought-provoking and useful to you. If you did, we would love for you to share this content with others that you think will find it useful too. You can leave us a rating and feedback or subscribe to hear the next episode, which will be coming your way very soon. Finally, if you are an IHG franchisee, you can head over to owners.org for more information or log into our member centre where you will find supporting information and additional tools and resources to help support your businesses. Thanks again from your host, John, and myself, Carly, and we look forward to seeing you next time.